So on today's podcast, we have Beth Johnson, who is a one-to-one and online personal trainer, a sports nutritionist, and is passionate about supporting women in their menstrual cycle, in enjoying fitness and fueling their body. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad. So tell me a little bit about what you're up to at the moment. So I have been kind of in the fitness realm for a fair few years now. I ended up leaving school quite unconventionally and went on to do uh, sport and exercise science. So I did that for a couple of years. So it's kind of in the realm there, kind of just dipping my toe in, I guess, in that I had a love for sport and exercise, but didn't really know what to do with it. Definitely wanted to go down the vocational route, but wasn't really sure what to do. So I kind of ended up falling into that. Anyway, whilst I was there, I very much kind of got into the gym, got into training and probably not in the most healthiest way in that I definitely fell into the trap of diet culture and underfueling myself and put myself in a bit of a tricky position in terms of promoting my healthiest body. Um, so I kind of very luckily, very quickly noticed that and had really, really nice support around me that kind of helped me move up and away from that. And then I went on to kind of educate myself more with the nutrition side of things. So I went and did my degree in sport and exercise nutrition, which was awesome. Um, And during that time, I'd qualified as a personal trainer, fitness instructor as well. Um, So I kind of worked full time whilst I was at uni. Um, Again, like I've always been one of those people who kind of is just like, I'm just going to go for it. Like whatever happens, happens. So maybe didn't give as much to my uni experience as others did in that I was very much focused around work and just getting the course done um so you know some people maybe say that I would have missed out a little bit but I definitely feel like I took the right path and then moving up and away from there I went on to work in a couple of different studios managed across a couple of different sites and then kind of thought to myself you know what I feel like I can do this for myself I feel like I'm ready to take that next leap an opportunity became available to take on some space and I just thought fuck it why not um so took on some space recently launched my own studio um, working mostly with functional fitness concepts um, and also some boxing in there as well um, so yeah that's kind of where I'm at I'm still doing a lot of my one-to-ones I'm still doing all of my online coaching um, specifically with women um, but yeah a lot of studio work as well that's absolutely fabulous definitely not doing anything half-assed yeah just go for it just go for it. <laughs> yeah. so, I guess first question to you actually is what have you I guess have you ever really struggled with your hormone health if you don't mind me asking Mm -hmm. and what have you learned from your own experience that's been important with helping your clients now yeah I mean I think it's safe to say that most women have probably struggled with some form of hormone dysfunction or even just being unsure of what is going on in their bodies I think like you know it's so hard because we're not taught any of this stuff you know in in traditional education it's never clear what is going on in our bodies you know we didn't learn anything about the menstrual cycle we just learned that we would suddenly bleed one day and we just dealt with it from there you know I remember being so nervous to tell my mum when I first started my period because it was so taboo and there was no conversation about it so I think even from that point I think I knew that something needed to change but I was unsure on how I went wanted to go about it and then like I just said previously when I did get into that unhealthy kind of routine with with movement and nutrition with that came major kind of hormonal dysfunction for me I um, ended up losing my cycle so 
had that diagnosis of hypothalamic um, amenorrhea, which is, is a tough one because you're not sure what to do. You don't know where the help is. You don't know how you're meant to fix it in a way that you're you can cope with, you know? So I think, yeah, I definitely struggled with that before. And I think what I learned from that was just how important it is and why it's important. You know, again, the things that we learn about our cycle is you need a period so that you can have kids. Yeah. Like that's, that's the end of the line. <laughs> and that is so tough, especially for women who maybe are suffering with it, but are nowhere near to wanting to kids or yeah. are unsure if they do want to have kids in the future or the other side, people who are so certain they want kids. And then it causes massive anxiety about, oh my God, will this ever be fixed? And I think it's important to branch out when we talk about menstrual cycles slash hormonal dysfunction of why it's so important to have a healthy cycle, because it isn't just to be able to have kids. Of course, that's a massive, massive component of it. But, you know, it comes down to we need a healthy menstrual cycle so that everything in our body is functioning the way that we need to. We need a, a healthy menstrual cycle because in the absence of it, it means that something else is wrong. Um, so ultimately, it's, it's all about keeping that equilibrium in the body so that every function can work in the way that it's meant to. And the menstrual cycle is one of those things as well. I completely agree. And I guess kind of delving into the questions that we've got for today, like what are your top things that you'd highlight as a sign that your hormones are being disrupted? Yeah, I think, again, this is going to be individual for everybody, but I think the five top things that I see on a day-to-day basis with clients or with people that I have conversations with or just what I come across with flicking through social media. And um, I think the obvious and biggest one is obviously losing your menstrual cycle. It's clear, it's right in your face, you know, that is cause and effect. You know that something isn't working with the way that your body is regulating its hormones and something maybe needs to change a little bit or it just needs to be looked into a little bit more. But again, if we look at kind of the smaller ones, it's definitely things like feeling tired slash absolutely exhausted, you know, feeling extremely tired rather than just, oh, I didn't sleep so good today. um, So I'm not feeling so good. You know, having that constant tiredness, that constant fatigue. And, you know, for people who train regularly or are very active, you know, not having their drive to kind of, do that is another one in that often with hormonal dysregulation, you might not feel up to doing the things that you usually feel up to. Again, that kind of ties into the tiredness um, and the fatigue and the exhaustion. Um, but another one that links to kind of cycle, even if you are still regularly bleeding, you might be experiencing symptoms that are abnormal to you um, yeah. and might not be something that's normal for somebody else or abnormal for somebody else but if it's not normal for you and your cycle that's definitely something to delve into as well so let's say you know you tend to have mild cramps but more recently you're having quite intense cramps or sometimes you bleed for three days and then suddenly you're bleeding for seven days and things like that are definitely things to kind of take into account um Changes to skin, hair and nails. Again, it's all to do with kind of the way that your body is regulating stress and um, kind of taking in vitamins and minerals. And obviously when it comes to kind of like 
your essential vitamins and minerals that come from fats like that can be a sign and symptom of a dysregulation with your hormones and again like this one's a little bit more niche in that you would have to kind of know your signs and symptoms of ovulation or you would be tracking your cycle with basal metabolic rate um but and obviously cycles as well like really important if you're not ovulating something isn't kind of fitting there so that could be a sign and symptom that something isn't quite right with your hormones your menstrual cycle your stress that kind of stuff so they're kind of the five big ones obviously you've got your your super obvious ones and then maybe a little bit more kind of ones that can slip under the rug a little bit yeah 100 percent. and I think one thing that we tend to not realize is like obviously changes in your hormones doesn't necessarily have to be just menstrual cycle related mm-hmm. because it influences your emotions your yeah. like energy levels like you were saying but even down to like you've obviously got like your skin and everything and I think one thing that I notice a lot with myself and also with clients is how stress is influencing either the regular like how frequent your cycle is if it's a normal cycle if your PMS symptoms are getting worse what do you think in terms of like if there's anything people can do to help manage stress in today's society with stress of course like it's super super tough and it's one of those things where it's so hard to manage your stress it you know we would all be less stressed if we could just manage our stress (laughs) Um, I think again like giving advice on that is super super tough um just from the standpoint of I can say to you I'm trying to just stress and then you're like yeah that makes me more stressed yeah like how am I meant to manage my stress but I would say engaging in behaviors that you know make you feel good and obviously trying to counteract that stress a little bit if we can't reduce it can we bring up the good stuff um so yeah engaging in behaviors that you know make you feel good you know if a long walk often tends to calm you that's great if a bath helps if talking with friends helps if going out and distracting yourself does help then engaging those behaviors is really important um I think as well when it comes to let's say emotional stress you're feeling emotional stress can you share that with somebody can you find articles or forums that people have experienced this kind of stuff before and maybe try and see some light at the end of the tunnel with it. I think that can help reduce stress because I think a lot of the time the stress that we feel is preemptive stress rather than stress of the situation that's happened. So I think, yeah, it's important to try and help to guide our minds and our bodies into seeing light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to stress, because we can't fix stress immediately. You know, if we could, it wouldn't be there. So I think it's maybe looking to the future, engaging behaviors that make you feel good, engaging in a process that can help to reduce stress over time by slowly finding solutions or talking with friends and uncovering solutions, or at least just a little nugget that makes you feel a little bit better. And in terms of, I guess food wise and how people I guess how there's different cravings during different like stages of the cycle and how we go about managing that but also then I guess how that's then impacting our digestion both the food that we're eating but the stress that we're experiencing absolutely I suppose again like it's one of those things where everyone is going to be completely individual and you'll hear me probably yeah. say that a lot today but it's it just true. it is true <laughs> Everything is so individual. And I think what's really, really important to remember with nutrition is that everybody's going to have different opinions and different likes and dislikes. But what I would say is trying to fuel yourself cycle round is important. 
Um, I think obviously in the luteal phase, our basal metabolic rate does go up a little bit. Obviously your basal body temperature is going to go up as well, which means your body's a little furnace. So (laughs) being able to fuel yourself more efficiently in that, in that period of time is important. I think as well, obviously we, um, kind of process carbs and fats a little bit differently across the cycle as well our body likes to digest and utilize fats a little bit more in the luteal phase and carbohydrates a little bit more in the follicular phase so eating slightly more carbohydrate content within your diet in the in the follicular phase is a good idea if you can and fats a little bit more in the luteal phase but again that is it's almost like the top of the pyramid when it comes to that you know getting your day-to-day nutrition is super super important and finding something that you can be consistent with is important and then you can start to micromanage a little bit more but i would just say a wide variety of nutrients making sure you're not restricting carbohydrates and making sure that your protein is really nice and high but not at the depletion of those carbs and fats and if say someone was let's just say a typical example of maybe like craving chocolate in the run-up would you recommend still having that, but maybe like combining it with like some blueberries or something else so that it's a little bit more nutritious for the body at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite thing in the world when it comes to nutrition is pairing. Pairing different things is super important. I think whether that be different food groups, whether it be different tastes, different textures, I think it is the key to satiety. Um, And I think, again, in those situations where it's maybe not physical cravings, you know, your body isn't physically craving chocolate, but emotionally, you might be craving the chocolate equally as valid. But what we might find is that actually the amount that you would eat of the chocolate, maybe 50% of that got you to your society level, but you were just hungry and you just kept going. So what I often do is I'll pop a little bowl out. I'll fill it with blueberries. I'll fill it with a little bit of chocolate, maybe a biscuit in there. And then you're getting a wide variety of nutrients in there. You're getting the thing that you really wanted. You're getting a different texture. You're getting a different taste. And that can kind of all kind of come into one. And you think, oh, I actually only needed half the chocolate that I was planning on having to feel that same result of satiety you felt satisfied emotionally you felt a little bit better because you've indulged in something that you wanted to indulge in and you've ultimately kind of fed the emotional yeah the biological all of that good stuff and I feel like there's a lot of guilt and a lack of self-compassion in Mm. that part of the cycle people are very very much like I can't believe I went and done that or it's like Mm. I still need to get to the gym to fight despite the fact that I may feel like absolute crap and I think yeah. it's about really important, like emphasizing the fact that, like you said, everyone is so individual. Some people may feel fine going for a run or going and doing exercise on those first couple of days, whereas someone else might be in bed, someone else might prefer to do yoga. And I think yeah. people tend to forget how important it is to be self-compassionate and actually listen to the body. Absolutely. And I guess in terms of quite a lot of the clients that I work with, that they are pretty much on birth control. And I guess, mm. what would you recommend in terms of how that might influence the hormones, but then how someone could start to maybe come off birth control if they're finding that it's not working for them? Yeah. So again, kind of a double-ended question. So I'll go for the first bit first. Yeah. In Obviously, hormonal birth control is fantastic. And I mean that in the sense of it gives women options. And I yes. think is a massive step forward and I think it's not something to kind of put in a box of this isn't working in that 
it is fantastic. It gives us choice. It allows us to live more freely. And that shouldn't be something that is kind of forgotten about. Obviously, when it comes to the effects of hormonal birth control, something that is easily forgotten is that, oh, hormonal birth control, okay, well, it just regulates my cycle. When that's not the case in that synthetic hormones are going to put on pause your true hormones and therefore it just puts your natural cycle on pause and mm-hmm. um, so in that sense it's not a natural cycle the bleed that you have on hormonal birth control isn't a period it's just a withdrawal bleed so again these are very important things to remember it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing it depends on the circumstance but when we look at hormonal birth control and you know the effects that it has on mental health and stress again it's it's a nuanced conversation in that people are completely individual some people will thrive some people won't and that's okay but i think it's um important to remember that with a little bit of a pinch of salt it's putting a pause on your hormones okay that's going to affect us neurologically a little bit in that it changes the way that our body works it changes that path and that axis from the hypothalamus to the pituitary to the ovaries and that can have an effect on people in different ways as I said some people might feel less anxiety some people might feel a little bit more anxiety and and that's okay but if it's not working for you and you you know you make the choice to come away from the pill then it's just important to really nourish yourself through that process both physically and mentally you know things are going to change mentally and that's okay adapting to change moving forward with it is of course going to happen but it might take a little bit of time and that's really really important to remember and then also physically nourishing yourself you know when you're on the pill it has been proven to deplete a couple of different vitamins you know b vitamins vitamin c e magnesium selenium and zinc you know it's really really important that we make sure that both whilst we're on the pill and especially coming off the pill we're you know bumping up all that good stuff and so you know making sure that if you can supplement with those things and that's great but also just including foods with those vitamins in there and I'm a massive advocate for red meat and oily fish I know that some people aren't and that's absolutely fine but I think it's just bang for your buck in terms of nutrients you know you're going to get so much nutrients coming from those foods and so if you can and you feel okay about including those even once a week would be amazing um but again it kind of it affects the gut flora as well so that's really really important to remember um so eating a variety of plant foods adding a probiotic um things like kimchi kombucha limiting sugar a little bit alcohol processed foods um that kind of stuff but again not at the detriment to having a nice balanced diet yeah of course i think that's something that people tend to forget this like it doesn't need to be all or nothing like you're allowed to have those little bits that you enjoy, but it's Absolutely. making sure that I guess in general, your structure of your meal is like nice lean protein, like good carbs, good fruits, good fat, like a uh, veg, but then not forgetting the fats as well, which I think we do tend to. 100%. 100%. Again, those fat soluble vitamins are essential for our health. So I think, you know, ensuring that I would say no less than 20% of your dietary intake coming from fats. I would push for it to be much higher than that. Um, So yeah, I definitely, I'm a big advocate for getting healthy fats in there as well. And I guess if we flip the other side of hormones. Yeah. Menopause. Yeah. Big one. It's huge. And I think 
we're only starting to actually talk about it in the way that it needs to be spoken about like it's definitely not something you're even spoken about at school maybe when you're younger your mum's just going through a little bit of a troublesome time and you don't really know what's going on but she she doesn't really seem the same in some way and you don't really know how to help but I guess it's such a big question what can we do to help like let's start with food what can we do otherwise so again I think when it comes to menopause it's all about what to add rather than what we should be taking away um I think it's really easy to fall into that mindset isn't it that certain foods should be off limits um or that you know we shouldn't have these things especially going through menopause when I think it's slightly unhelpful and just a little bit counterproductive especially with all the other stresses going on in everybody's (laughs) life so I think um in terms of how best to nourish yourself through perimenopause menopause um I think if you start with macronutrients I think it's really important to get a decent amount of protein in and I think you know from the age of 30 you're losing one one two three four all the way up to five percent of your muscle mass yearly so you know nourishing that protein element just to keep protein synthesis going giving your muscle exactly what it needs in terms of nutrients to recover and stick with us as long as it can go then that's really really important and again meat fish dairy you know as much of the good stuff as you can in terms of that stuff and again if we look at healthy fats really really important to think about including more polyunsaturated fat fats like avocado nuts again meat and fish fats are great as well here and um, again, I'd rather think about more of that stuff rather than less of the other stuff. Um, and carbohydrates, I appreciate, are a little bit of a funny one for people, um, especially in the perimenopause and menopause. But I think they're absolutely essential. I mean, you know my standpoint on carbs. I, I love them. Um, <laughs> we love the again, if we can, Yeah, I think if we can focus on complex carbs, slow releasing, low GI, of course, that would be preferable. But listen, simple fact, fast acid, fact. I can't talk now. Fast acting um, and high GI um, are absolutely fine and inevitable in the world that we live in. But yeah, of course, going for the slow release stuff is is great if we can. But any carb is okay as long as you're getting your fruit and veg in. Um, And again, like structuring meals evenly throughout the day is important. If you can and you're not training in the morning, kicking off with a more protein and fat dense meal would be fantastic. If you are training, I want to see some carbs in there as well. Um, and then an even spread of protein um, protein across the day, if we can. Fats and carbs, a little bit interchangeable as we cross through, cross through the day. But yeah, you want to focus those carbs around any kind of movement that you're doing that day. Even if it's gentle, you know, you want to put those carbs to use um, with the replenishment and the, and the nourishment of, of, you know, just putting the glycogen back in the muscle. Um, but ultimately, you shouldn't have to change your diet massively. I think it's just using the principles that we know and love um, that's really, really important. And what's your like take on including things that are, let's say, what they call photoestrogens in terms of mm. getting as much natural estrogen into the body as it's starting to decline? Yeah, I think, of course, with estrogen declining as you're coming through the perimenopause into the menopause, it is super, super essential to kind of nourish the body where it needs it. Um, again, these are all kind of top of the pyramid things. Um, yeah. I would rather people focus on the basics and nailing them in. And then we can kind of talk about getting natural estrogens in the body. What I would say is as we're going through any kind of hormonal change or just naturally as being a woman, I would avoid things like plastics and um, kind of, if we're talking about um, like household bits and bobs, 
making sure that you're going as natural as you can with the products that you use um just so that we're not spiking anything through those kind yeah. of ingredients um that would be great but again top of the pyramid stuff top yeah. of the pyramid stuff like again it's choosing it's like choosing organic over nothing and it's like no no no, no. just get the blueberries in and then yeah. we'll talk and you can figure out organic you know so again top of the pyramid stuff but sticking to the principles that we know and love getting a good amount of protein and especially as we age um, and yeah. and just showing yourself a little bit of compassion you know and I guess we've spoken from having hormones to hormones declining. Yeah. If someone is going through hypothalamic amenorrhea and I guess doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. Again, it's super tough. Like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, you know, it's so hard to feel lost it, and I get it. I get it a hundred percent. It's still taboo. You're not sure who's the best person to go to. You know, you might go to the GP and not get the answers that you want slash the support that you need. So I think it's really essential to, again, look for things like forums. You know, we can't always have a coach or we can't always find a therapist, you know, and and that's okay. Those things aren't always super, super accessible. But going to things like forums, doing a little bit of research, and um, you know curating your Instagram feed to focus around positive influences people who maybe have been in your situation before but you know have sought help and can now share their experience um, and doing it some bobs like that as I said it's not we don't always have access to these things and that's okay but delving into the little bits that you can do and I think you know focusing on getting in a really good amount of food you know more than you think you need it's absolutely essential what will often happen is that you will if you're suffering with hypothalamic amenorrhea you are probably in a leaner body I'm not saying that that's always the case but a lot of the time you'll find yourself in a leaner body and so so often that leaner body does have to be a little bit of give and take you know we might have to move away from that get body fat levels to a really good level again where the body can thrive and function in its way forward and that's not to say you're not going to be able to return to a leaner body in the future but it is not working for your hormones right now and we need to take that big leap that big step into thinking okay I can drop my ego I can drop the expectation that's been put on me I can drop the societal pressure and I can do what's going to be best for my body and myself moving forward at the expense of this body I feel I should be in because that body is just a body you know that body will change forever that body will go through loads of different transitions and ultimately is just the thing that houses us it's only that it is that is all it is nobody around us loves us for the body that we're in they love us for the person who is in that body and ultimately if we don't take care of the body that we live in and nourish it and make it thrive we're not going to be happy and healthy and it's not going to give us the longevity that we need and want it's not going to give us the energy that we thrive to have in our training sessions or in daily life or in our academia you know it's so important to try super hard to slowly allow yourself to wiggle away from a body that isn't productive for you and move into something that's going to be a little bit more productive yeah I think that that's so true and especially what you say in terms of the body that you're in versus social media and I think Mm -hmm. we 
sometimes get lost in comparing ourselves to other people when I think yeah personally something I found really important is changing the feed that you're looking at like Absolutely. not waking up in the first thing in the morning and staring at people with abs or staring at people with a big bum mm. or people going out exercising at 6am in the morning thinking you need to be doing the exact same thing because it's overwhelming and it's not needed agreed 100% and you know what the mute button is fantastic yes. the unfollow button is fantastic <laughs> And again, having no shame in that because the only person it affects is you. Yeah, exactly. And you're so right that our bodies will constantly be changing, but it's the person that you are in your relationships. It's the energy that you give out. And Absolutely. that fundamentally is is you. It's not your body. Your body is your vessel and you need to look after it. But like you said, it can't be at the detriment for any of your like essential personality traits. Like, if you're not feeling your body, you're not going to have the energy. You're not going to have the concentration. You're not going to turn up in the relationships as the way that you want to be. And that's what we tend to forget until it's like a little bit too late. And you're like, oh my God, have I got to like put a bit more effort in here to look after myself? And we end up burning out. 100%, 100%. I think it's, yeah. I think often in anything that we do, we often realize too late as such. Yeah because that's just human nature. We will go and go and go until something tells us not to. And often that something is, oh fuck, I can't do this anymore because <laughs> of And yeah. I think over time you learn to not put yourself in that position because like with everything, everything is always about a learning journey and we're not gonna get it right hundred percent. But again, show yourself some compassion. You now know, and that's one of my favorite phrases ever. Like you now know that's yeah. okay. You didn't know and now you know and that's fine and you can now make an informed decision with the information that you have and I think that's like with everything you know don't whoever is suffering or whoever has had experiences like this you know don't beat yourself up on realizing now because you have realized now and we can now move forward with it. I agree I thank you so much for coming on honestly it's it's been invaluable and it's so nice to actually talk to someone else in the same sort of industry just about everything that's happening but I really really appreciate your time and where can people find you what's your Instagram handle so my Instagram handle is at Beth Johns so J-O-H-N-S coach um and of course if anybody's up north I've got at Lift Club Harrogate as well um but yeah I'm super super accessible um I'm open to DMs questions conversations you know I absolutely love talking about it um so yeah that's where you can find me thank you so much you're more than welcome